You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 190. Today we're talking about team building with the Apostle Paul, part one. And uh, the last two episodes, I've pulled some leadership lessons out of the book of Acts. Um, I was recently on a trip in India where I was teaching through the book of Acts with a, book of, with a group of pastors. And, and I just wanted to share a few of the thoughts that I shared with them. I'm actually expanding it a little bit. But, um, but I want to talk about how the Apostle Paul got so much done. You know, when you look at what he did and the amount he accomplished in his ministry it's it's astronomical he planted you know some people you know guess between 12 and 20 churches and not just him but his team and when you count up the names of people that were associated with the apostle paul you count up the names in the acts of the apostles as well as in his letters you're coming up on close to 100 names of people who were associated and who worked with him. So it's no surprise that he was able to get so much done. But, you know, sometimes we think of, of the Apostle Paul as somebody who was, you know, just kind of a one-man show, but that could not be further from the truth. He really was somebody who believed strongly in teams. And so when you read through the book of Acts, and then when you see over in his letters, you see this uh, really... Um, uh, incredible guy, an incredible leader, but he worked through other people. He didn't try and do everything himself. He worked through teams. And so I want to talk about team building. And, you know, these are things that, that, that you can say that the Apostle Paul used. They're things that we would use for building a team today. And they're just, you know, several things. I'm going to share a few today and then a couple next week to to give you an idea of, of what Paul used, the, the criteria that he used in selecting teammates. And the first one that I want to talk about is that of a calling. If you're adding somebody to your team, um, and, and we're speaking primarily in the context of church, ministry, uh, etc., but this some of these things really also apply in the business world as well. Um, the first thing that we want to talk about is the idea of calling. Why is the person wanting to join your team? If it's just something so they can tick off a box, if it's just a stepping stone, you know, it may not end up being a good fit. Now, that's not to say that there's not times that we don't have to fill slots with whoever's available. Um, and especially in, in the church world when we need volunteers to fill roles, you know, sometimes we just have to work with who is available and who's volunteering. And sometimes there may not necessarily be a calling. It may just be the, the responding to a need. And, and that is very important. But, but when possible, we want to really find out what that person's calling is. We want to um, help them not just fill a slot, but we want people in positions that they're passionate about. 
We want people filling roles that they're called to do and that they're gifted to do. Um, a place where that person can use their spiritual and their natural talents. Um, this is so, so important. We don't want just people who who are you know doing something because we've asked them to do it. We want something that it's deep in their heart, something that they're passionate about. Because especially in the volunteer world, and again, we're talking about the church, you know, these people aren't working for pay. They're working because they believe in the vision of the ministry, the vision of the church. And so it's so vital, it's so important that that their passion be engaged. And and we really do want to make sure that it's something that they're called to do. And And I think one of the things as leaders is we want to help people find the right role, help them find the right fit. And, you know, when you see the Apostle Paul, you see some some people on his team who um, had more of an evangelism role. You see some people on his team who were more of a, of a pastoral, uh, had more of a pastoral role. You see some people on his team who may have had more, um, you know, of, of an administrative role, as we mentioned. They may um, be more leading rather than just preaching and teaching. But there's, there's various roles that you see um, fleshed out. And, you know, it's important that these roles be filled, but they need to be filled by the right people. So calling is very important. Number two is that of character. Um, you know, some people would put character a little further down on the list. I actually think it should be number one or two. Our character is shown by what we do when no one is watch, watching. You know, on my teams, and I'm sure on your teams, you want to have people, you want to have team members that you can trust to do the right thing. You know, sometimes we think we need people who, who are just going to do things right. Well, that's important too, but I'd much rather have somebody who does the right thing. Um, because if they do the right thing, then doing things right will just fall into place. So character is vital. And when you look at the teams that Paul put together, um, these were people of character. And, and of course, he sent them off. He, he would send them off on jobs and missions. And, um, you know, he had to be able to trust them. Uh, Luke was left behind to pastor the church in Philippi. Um, Timothy was um, left in charge of, of, of the churches in Ephesus. Titus was sent to Crete. And on and on. And we see team members and teams, smaller teams within the team, sent out on different jobs, different errands that Paul would have them to do. And so he had to be able to trust them. And so character is absolutely essential. And obviously, we don't know, always know a person's character when we're hiring them for a position or if we're, um, you know, interviewing them to, to be a volunteer in our organization. But as much as possible, we want to find out if this is a person of character. Um, and this might be, you know, making some phone calls. It might be sending some emails. It might be talking to people that know them. Um, I do this all the time as new people approach and want to join, you know, a team that I oversee. Um, you know, if I don't know the person, I'm going to ask around, find out about them, get some idea of their character. And... If their character is not good, then we're just going to, you know, gently let them know that, uh, you know, we don't really need their services right now. 
And that's not to say they we might not need them in the future, but if if we can't trust their character, if we can't if if if, if it's the kind of thing where 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 I'm not going to be able to trust them when I'm not around, then then I'm probably not going to put them into a position. Um, and I mean, think about it. As, you know, as volunteers, you know, we have people that are dealing with money. We have volunteers that are dealing with children. We have volunteers um, in many, many churches now that are dealing with security. And many of these people are actually armed, carrying weapons inside the church. And so, you know, these have to be positions that are filled with people that we can trust. Um, you know, we have people in positions where they're uh, helping others make decisions in counseling and pastoral roles. So again, this isn't, um, you know, something that we take lightly. We want people with good character that we can trust who are helping other people. So, so character's vital. Um, and so that's why I always list it so high. So we've talked about calling and we've talked about character. Now, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning, and don't go away, we've still got another one to talk about, but I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Peter and Paul in Acts. We're talking about the Apostle Paul. We're we're using him as kind of the springboard for, for this week and next week's podcast, and we're talking about how the Apostle Paul was a team builder. Well, my book, Peter and Paul and Acts, goes into a lot of depth talking about the apostolic ministry of the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter. These were the two most eminent apostles in the book of Acts. And this was my first book. It's actually my doctoral dissertation. And, you know, so we went into a lot of um, detail about what they actually did in the early church, what, what they did then, but what we can learn today, lessons we can learn from that. So check out Peter and Paul and Acts. There'll be a link in the show notes, and I know that it will help you. Well, all right, we've talked about calling, and we've talked about character when we're building a team. Number three is chemistry. Chemistry is so important when we are building a team. When I'm building a team, I always select people that I want to be around. Now, I get it. There are times when you inherit a team. Um, it ha- it's happened to me in church. It's happened to me in the, when I was with the police department. Sometimes you're given a squad. You're given a team. You're given a group that you're responsible for. and You don't really have any say in who's on your team. But when I'm putting a team together, I always select people that I want to be around. I select people that are fun. I select people that are great, have great personalities. Um, when I was putting the teams together in the police department, um, one of the things I was criticized about was the fact that um, I actually would, would bypass some, some very experienced officers and go with younger officers that I could train myself because what I had found during the interview process was some of these younger officers, the chemistry was much better, and it was going to be a much better fit having them on the team. And some of the more experienced officers, the fit might not be quite as good. Um, You know, look, if the chemistry is not there, 
Why would you want to put this person on your team? In a work situation, if you're working six, seven, eight, ten hours a day with somebody, it better be somebody that you enjoy being around if you're working together closely. And in a volunteer setting like the church, it's the same. I want to be with people that I want to be around. If if this is not a person that I'd probably want to hang out with you know, when we're not working, then I may not want them on my team. Now, of course, there's exceptions to that, and it doesn't mean that everybody on your team has to be your best friends. But I think you understand what I'm saying. I want good chemistry. You know, sometimes people put teams together, and then they're surprised when there's workplace drama. And nobody likes workplace drama in the the, the job, the corporate world, and in the church world as well. And believe it or not, there's drama in the church world, there's trauma in the uh, drama in the nonprofit organizations as well. But I think sometimes, so often, we create that drama because of the people we put on our teams. If we'd be just a little more selective and a little bit more careful as we're putting our teams together, we could eliminate so much of this drama. The 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 workplace drama, um, nobody enjoys that. Nobody enjoys that. And so let's go ahead and on the front end, take a little bit longer when we're hiring to to put the right person in place, to create the right chemistry so that people are going to want to come to work. I mean, when I start hearing feedback from, from team members that, you know, this person's hard to work with, and another person says, yeah, this person's hard to work with, and and you start getting all these things, you realize that the chemistry um, needs a little bit of work. And that doesn't mean you go fire the person, but but it probably needs to be tweaked. You know, soap operas are reserved, should be on TV. We don't need them at work. So let's do what we can to go for the right chemistry. So just a quick recap. Calling, we're looking for people. They're not just looking for a job. They're looking for a place that they can serve, a place that they're passionate about, a place where they can use their gifts. We're looking for character, someone who who is trustworthy. Um, one of the things we didn't say about character, but it's important, is, is they're consistent. Consistency is a major component of character. They, they show up. They do their job. They, they don't have crazy emotional upswings. Um, they're, they're consistent. We can trust them. They're dependable. And they do the right thing, not just do things right. And then also chemistry. We select people that we actually want to be around. People that are easy to work with. People that uh, contribute to the whole. They're not just con- concerned about themselves, but they're concerned about their teammates and, you know, Again, we don't need workplace drama, whether it's at work in in the corporate world or in the church world. So those are the three that we're going to deal with today. Next week, we'll come back and we'll finish this up. We've got a few more to talk about. And again, we're talking about the Apostle Paul. And when you look at the teams that he created, this is what you see. You know, and every now and then we all make mistakes And the Apostle Paul even made a couple of mistakes in some of his teammates. And we'll talk about those next week. Well, 
I'd love to know your thoughts on these important three things, calling, character, and chemistry. Let me know what you think. Go to davidspell.com, leave a question or comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I'd love to stay in touch with you. Well, friends, thanks for being with me today. Don't forget to check out Peter and Paul and Axe and keep building teams.